Welcome to Brad Tuttle Ministries Podcast, a place to be inspired and encouraged to live your life all out for Christ. Here are your podcast hosts, Brad and Jana Tuttle. Jana, um, yesterday Brad had brought forth a very powerful, uh, challenging, and convicting message called Overcoming Temptation. And it was one of those messages that I really felt uh, we needed to share with you because all of us are faced with temptation. Um, you know, this, I'm telling you, when we talk about this today, you are going to be so blessed. I feel you're going to be empowered because the Word of God is going to show you and direct you on the course that you should go, uh, what you can do when temptation is facing you in the face. Again, we, we're, we're dealing with overcoming temptation, and we're, we're in the book of James, okay. chapter 1, and we focus on verses 13 through 15. Right. Uh, it says this, and I'll read it to you. It says this, Let no one say when he is tempted... I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, or that actually is the same word there, lust, and his desire, some versions say lust, but then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. In other words, when it's brought, when you allow it to really... You just don't think about it, but you act on it. So there, then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to read to you a funny thing out of a, a Reader's Digest, a little uh, uh, excerpt. excerpt out of one of the uh, an older Reader's Digest. It goes like this. It says, a man was on a diet and struggling. He had to go downtown, as he, and as he started out, he remembered that his route would take him by the donut shop. <laughs> Remember, he's on a diet and he's struggling. <laughs> as he got closer, he thought that a cup of coffee would hit the spot, and then he remembered his diet. And that's when he prayed, Lord, if you want me to stop for a donut and coffee, let there be a parking place in front of the shop. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he said, sure enough, I found a parking place right in front. On my seventh time around the block. I know. <laughs> you see, most people want to be delivered from temptation, but would like it to keep in touch. Wow. And I told him yesterday, and this is a major statement you need to hear, is that you will not make it successfully. You will not become or be developed into, fulfill yourself as the Christian that you've been called to be if you do not learn to overcome temptation. Yes. You know, something that uh, Brad just said, and I thought it was powerful, that quote, most people want to be delivered from temptation, but they still want to be in contact with it. They say, Lord, deliver me, deliver me, but they still kind of play around with it. And um, something that he also said that I thought was so powerful with these scripture verses is it says, that each one of us is tempted when he or she is drawn away, lured by his or her own desires and enticed. And I thought that was so powerful by your own desires, uh, those those things that you crave. And so I thought that was powerful, just um, that part of it. 
that ownership of it. Well, we deal with, and James isn't talking about the devil here. He'll he'll go into that, I think, later in chapter 3 and chapter 4. He's dealing with us. He's talking about how not only, you know, there's the enemy working against us, but we also have this flesh nature. Yes, we as believers have been um, crucified with Christ. We are new creations in Christ. But as anyone knows who's a believer and who's taught well, we still have unredeemed flesh that we have to deal with. Paul dealt with it. We have to deal with it every single day. And within that are these temptations. And what he's going to say here, he's telling you that God never tempts you. What God does is that he tries us. He tests us as believers. There are trials that we will go through as believers. Everybody's going to go through trials. We can't tell people, okay, now that you're saved, it's going to be a tiptoe through the tulips and nothing's ever going to be, you know, you're you're going to go through testings. He tested Job. He tested Abraham with Isaac. There's going to be trials and he's going to try you, but God's purpose is to refine you within that trial, within that test, to refine you, to build your faith and to make you a stronger believer. But here's the thing, within that trial, there now is the opportunity to fall to temptation. In one way, how you're going to react to the trial, how you're going to get through the trial. So God doesn't tempt you. He'll bring a trial, but within that, there may come temptation. And now that is up to you, according to your own desires, how you're going to make the decisions and handle how you're going to deal with that temptation. And the thing about it is temptation, we have these desires in us as humans. Each person individually is unique in themselves. What may tempt someone, uh, what may tempt you may not tempt your spouse, your friend. Um, So we all have individual things that our flesh uh, tempts us with. And so we, we really need to learn to be people who are able to overcome this. And we're going to give you the answer and help you with how to do that. So we need to learn that temptation doesn't come from God. James is talking to us how temptation comes from our own sinful desires. So it's really important for us to make sure that we understand that. So if you're a new believer, um, and another thing I told him yesterday, and we we need to look at this too, is that sometimes, you know, everything that we have is tempting us, or and if we fall to those temptations, we like to label those all the time as, well, I have a disease, but... What James is telling us is that we have to take responsibility for this for ourselves. We have to realize, you know, I need to look at my life and see what am I tempted with and what are those specific things that I have to deal with that come at me, that tempt me to mess up, tempt me to sin, and we need to learn how to overcome that. So, um, Can I say this about that? And I I think that Brad might mention it later on, but it's so powerful. Um, I've heard this before, and, and I think it really is true. If you have yielded in the past to a particular sin, whatever that is, alcoholism, lust, whatever it is, then there can always be a propensity towards that sin from now on. You can't trust your flesh. Um, you know, some people have never even uh, tried drugs. They don't have a lure to it. They don't, they're not enticed by it. Uh, they could be in the same room as drugs and it would not even, it, it would not even bother them. But that same person might have years ago opened themselves up to lust or uh, sexual immorality. You put some magazines that are uh, not right, (laughs) 
that are lusty in in that person's way and because they've yielded to it before it could be a temptation to them where drugs would never be a temptation because they have not yielded to that now again we believe in the power of the word and renewing your mind and um, coming to Christ and becoming a new create creation but even in your Christian walk if you have opened that door um, you know, you need to, Brad's going to talk about this, knowing what our weaknesses are, knowing what those uh, temptations are for us. And so, honey, you want to go ahead? Yeah, we, again, we need to understand that, you know, we, we have, we, we've been redeemed. Actually, Romans 6, verse 6 says this, our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. One of my favorite Verses is Second Corinthians five seventeen says therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creature the old things passed away behold new things have come so we're new creations and we're new yes. people but we still have to deal with this unredeemed flesh yes. what we need to begin to do to begin to overcome this and to be able to find victory in it is we, there's a key there in Romans chapter six where it says consider yourselves to be dead to sin what we need to begin to do is we need to begin to get our mind into the understanding that i am dead to this yes that although i still have unredeemed flesh because i have now become a new creation i now have power over that its power over me has been broken it doesn't have the ability to control me anymore. I, I have victory over that in Christ. So we need to get uh, our minds to the understanding that and begin to consider that um, I am dead to sin, but I'm alive to God in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes people get so beat up by temptation, yes. they give into it in sin. Then yes. they get really defeated and really discouraged. And if you're there and you're listening right now or watching and you know some or you know someone that's in a position like this, the beginning process here is to begin to consider yourselves dead to sin. Again, that unredeemed flesh is going to be tempting you every day of your life. Again, Paul dealt with it. It's always going to be there until we get glorified in Christ. It's always going to be there, but we have to get our minds strong enough to begin to consider ourselves dead to it. Remember, its power has been broken over us. We can have victory over those areas in our life. I mean, I, I remember when I first got, before I got saved, I cussed a lot. I mean, you know, I, you, know you just cuss. And uh, that was a thing that, you know, whatever. But when I got saved, of course, we all go through a sanctification process. And maybe at the beginning when I first got saved and you know, things that go on and I'd get a little frustrated. I may, I may have said something, but in that journey, sanctification kept kicking in, but I knew that it was wrong because I knew that to me, the cussing aspect was part of what I did before I came to Christ. Right. Now, how could I glorify Christ if I'm still have a, what I consider was a potty mouth and I was still talking like the world. So, you know, sanctification came in, but I would be tempted when it would happen and man, I just started recognizing the fact that I have power over this. I know it's trying to tempt me to do it. When I mess up, I could feel it right on the end of my tongue. But something we're going to learn um, is that God is, always gives us a way of escape. That we always have the opportunity to not be tempted and to walk away victorious in that. 
You know, something that Brad was talking about, and I thought about this, that sin has no dominion over you because of what Christ did on the cross for us. And so that means it has no lordship, it has no power, it has no authority. It only has the authority you give it to rule and reign in your life because that dominion, that power has been broken. And a lot of the times, I think most of the time, it starts in your mind. It's always in your mind. It's always in your mind. And so if you sit there and you're gonna think about it and ponder it and meditate on it, it, it starts growing, it starts giving it life. And then all of a sudden, and he's going to read this about your words and your thoughts, your thoughts, your words, your actions, it becomes habits. You know, this thing is going to rule you. So you have got to take those thoughts captive and bring them to the obedience of Christ. You know, even if you have to declare it out loud that sin has no dominion and power over me anymore, that I have been crucified with Christ. And, and I will say this too, I believe as those temptations are out there, you know what those are. Don't put yourself in a place where you can be tempted. You know, if you struggle with alcohol, don't go to a bar. You shouldn't be in a bar if you're a Christian anyway, but, but don't do that. If you struggle with uh, uh, lustful things, don't. Go. Watch certain shows, yeah. don't go to certain movies, don't, don't read do certain it. magazines. Yeah. Don't put yourself in that position. Amen. Yeah. And let me, I said this to him yesterday. Uh, let, me, let me help you a little bit further. So we're going to consider ourselves dead to sin. Yes. It's a great place to start. We're going to get our mind and the understanding. I'm dead to this. Yeah. This thing tries to come to you. I am dead to this. I'm alive in Christ. Um, okay. A guy, a guy, he's got a problem with, he's got a lust problem. And he's reading a magazine. And he comes across the picture of a kind of a, of a seductive woman. Or look, watch the commercials on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and into his mind pops something like, wow, um, she's quite a woman or whatever he says. That's kind of corny. But anyway, I'm not trying to, I don't want to be no, too graphic. But he yeah. says, wow, you know, whatever he's saying. <laughs> so here's, here's right there, right at that moment, he's, his eyes see it. Comes, the the right. temptation comes into his mind. It's not sin yet. Just because the temptation comes, if you don't act on it, it doesn't become sin. Temptation comes in. Here's the critical decision. Yeah. Will I go farther and entertain the sinful thoughts regarding that picture? Or will I turn from the temptation and as according to Romans 13, 14, will I put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts. So now we're gonna consider ourselves dead to this and alive in Christ. And now when that temptation comes in, before we give birth to it and let it be sin, we are going, this is awesome. You gotta write it down, Romans 13, 14. We're going to put, instead of allowing the temptation and taking a step into it, we're gonna stop it God always gives us a way of escape. We're going to grab a hold of the understanding of the word of God says, if I'm going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm going to make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust, we are not going to give any place to that temptation to turn into sin. No provision. And like my wife said, sin always begins in the mind. So what we have to do is we have to judge every sinful thought that comes into our mind. Yeah. And don't let it 
head us down the wrong pathway. But again, God always gives us a way of escape. He never gives us more than we can handle in the middle of it. And he always gives us a way of escape. So there's always a way out. We don't, I'm I'm trying to encourage somebody. We don't have to fall to it. You don't have to do it anymore. You don't have to be involved in pornography anymore. You can get out of it. You have victory over it. It's been that, that it's, it's power over you has been broken. You are dead to that sin. You actually have power over that temptation. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, judge it for what it is and give it no provision. Don't give it any room in your life in any way, shape, or form. You know, when Brad is saying this, I thought about two, uh, two people in the Bible. And real quick, there was Joseph. He was a young man, and you can read about him in Genesis. But uh, he was put in a position, and we've mentioned this before on our podcast, but it's so true right now. Um, he was put in a position by Potiphar's wife. He was working for Potiphar. He was over uh, the household and all that Potiphar had. He put Joseph over it. And the word said that he was handsome in form and appearance. He was a young man who feared the Lord and the favor of God was on his life. But it said that Potiphar's wife, uh, she cast eyes on him. She noticed him and uh, she tried to seduce him. Uh, and was very vocal about it to him. And it said in the Bible that he did not yield, yield to her, meaning he did not give heed to her, listen to her, ponder what she was saying, overthink it, uh, try to rationalize it, try to figure out what it was. He knew what it was. It was lust. Judged and it as He judged it. He judged it that, you know what, this is not of God. And so when she finally could not take it anymore, she was trying to sway him day and night. She finally grabbed him and said, be with me. And you know, what's amazing, he ran from her. Literally, he got away. But when she first started this, he said to her, how could I do this great wickedness before my God? He judged it, judge what she was offering him trying to lure him said how can i do this and then he even brought and you are his wife then he tried to bring you're a married woman and so you see that account but then there's another account where king david you know he was a man after god's own heart he was in the wrong place at the wrong time it said that he was at home when the kings would go out and they would go to war and he went out on this balcony one evening and he saw this beautiful woman bathing. And right then he should have judged that thought. Wait a minute, what am I doing? Mm. But it said he inquired of mm. her. So now he's pursuing this. And the people in his uh, kingdom, whoever it was that he inquired from, said that is Uriah's wife. And Uriah, it's Uriah, right? Um, this was one of his faithful, mighty men. He had intimate knowledge of this man. This man served with the king. This is his wife. Right then, he should have judged it. Oh, she's married. But he didn't. He allowed his lust for her, brought her in, slept with her. She became pregnant. Then he tried to cover it, had Uriah killed. And what was amazing is he thought he got away with this. He took Bathsheba in to be his wife. But it said that the Lord saw it. The Lord always sees. And he sent a prophet to David to confront him. 
And you know, David repented. And, and that's the thing about God. Even when we're Christians, we're not perfect. You know, we mess up, we sin. And we can ask God to forgive us. And David repented. Mm-hmm. He he truly repented. Yeah, read Psalms 51. Oh, you can see Psalms that. 51. He was broken over his sin. Broken. And it cost him. There's always a consequence to sin. And Brad's going to talk about that. There's a path. There's a course to this temptation and sin. And the Lord forgave him. But he said one of the consequences to the sin is the sword will never leave your house. And it never did. From that day forward, there was strife amongst his kids and him. And so we, we want to tell you, you, you can overcome through the power of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the word of God. And Brad has given you the key right now. And I'm telling you, we are preaching to the choir. You know, we're not sitting here like we have, we have conquered everything in our life. We all deal with things, but this is something that we wanted to, again to bring to you, to encourage you, to encourage us mm-hmm. to say, wait a minute, like Brad said, the Lord promises he will never give us more than we can handle and he will always provide a way of escape. And something Brad said yesterday, and I thought it was powerful, Proverbs 7 talks about um, the simple man, the young man, young man. who was going into the path of the crafty harlot, the word of God says. And his his parents had given him instruction, don't go that way. Don't even go into the path of temptation and that lure of sin. But he did. He was simple. He didn't have understanding. He didn't in any way she lured him in. And you know it said he was like what? Uh, ox going to the slaughter. And, and so what Brad had said, and it was so powerful, he said, when you are being tempted, there will be yield signs, stop signs that are coming up. God will bring the word to you. People are going to say, something's not right here. But you have a choice whether you're going to ignore those yield signs, those stop signs, and go in like an ox to the slaughter. Or if you're going to see it and go, you're right, what am I doing? Repent and turn before you ever do something. Yeah, I mean, if a believer gets caught in adultery, a married man or a married woman, and they end up committing adultery on their spouse, you can't tell me if they're really a believer that along the way the Holy Spirit wasn't throwing up stop signs and caution signs and, you know, and saying, don't go there, you need to stop that. And remember, it starts in the mind and what the person who ends up doing that is they begin to reject that. They don't, they don't, um, they allow the lust to control them. And the sad thing about it is we have control over that. And what ends up happening is it ends up destroying families, people's lives. And it's not just that sin, but there's many other. And can I say this real quick? Something that Brad said yesterday regarding that. He said, you don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to go do that. You have been thinking about it, pondering it, it, and then you act upon it. So that is the way of temptation when you give in and it goes to sin. It is always going to progress. It always will entice you and you'll always think, oh, it's going to be exciting sin and all this. But there is always a snare to it. It will always be exposed and it always leads to the path of destruction, the word of God says. Well, James uses the, the words entice and lure and it's kind of like a fishing analogy because what he's saying is, is that we put... Uh, 
bait on the end of a hook, throw it in the water, and the fish sees the bait and thinks, oh, I got me something to eat. Well, in reality, he grabs the, the, the food, he gets hooked, and, and now he gets drawn in. And that's the way temptation is. Um, it, it will entice you. Yeah. It'll, it'll grab a hold of your emotions. I got to have that. I want that. Remember, temptation never comes to you and says, hey, how would you like to destroy your life and destroy the name of the Lord and re- mess up your testimony? It always comes to you and says, hey, I want you to try this. You've always wanted to do this. It's going to be great. It's going to feel great. You know, it's going to, it's going to make your life even better. It, it's, it always has lot. It's always lies involved with it. So, and I, I wanted to say this real quick. We've talked about consider yourself dead to sin. We've talked about putting on the Lord Jesus Christ and making no provision for the flesh. Well, another great scripture verse when that temptation comes in your mind is 2 Corinthians 10.5, mm-hmm. where it says, Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Yes. So the minute that thought, and you, you've judged it, and you know it's not of God, you know that is not a God thought, you need to gr- quickly, here's the thing we don't do, we don't jump on this stuff right away. We give into it, and we nurse it, and we rehearse it, and we just start letting it happen in our lives. We need to take that thought captive to the obedience of Christ and let the Word of God deal with it. And we we need to make sure, I think one of the things we really need to learn is that we need to make sure that we are quickly doing these things. And if I could throw this in uh, real quick, I told him yesterday, we, we we need to also make sure that we're not the kind of people that are so prideful that we look at every something everybody yes. else is doing and go, how could they do such yes. a thing? Well, that may not be the sin that tempts you. That may not be your temptation. Yes. We need to understand that we all have our own. And so, you know, First um, Corinthians ten twelve says, "Let him who thinks he stands take heed that he take heed that he does not fall." Mm-hmm. So we need to always make sure that don't ever judge. You know, somebody else's, that's their thing, that's their temptation, pray for them. But you know what, we all have our own individual things that we have to deal with, that we have to get victory over too. And you know, uh, when Brad said that, I've been guilty of that. We all have been guilty of that. It's so easy to judge others. And then like you said, when you sin, then you kind of throw it off as, well, that was just a weakness. No, it's sin. (laughs) So you're right. You know, we should have compassion when we see our brother or sister uh, sinning or caught in something because, you know, we we are one choice away from that, you know, and decision. So, yeah. So to overcome temptation, we have to recognize where it comes from. Yes. It's not coming from God. It's coming from our sinful desires. Yeah. And we need to recognize how strong it is that there there is a... There is a, there's a power behind this. It, is, um, it dwells in our heart, and it is a powerfully deceptive emotion that has a life of its own. Yes, and it good. wants to drag you down, hook you. It looks good. Oh, that looks good. Oh, yeah, that would really be tasty. And you grab a hold of it, and it hooks you, and it leads you like an ox to the slaughter, and you destroy. Literally, I, I know people in ministry that don't have their ministries anymore. Pastors who don't have their pastorate anymore. But even just lay Christians who have lost their families and lost their jobs uh, because they they gave in to temptation when as believers, they had power over that. The power of that temptation in their life had been broken by their, their new relationship with Christ. But they didn't do the things we're telling you. Judge it. Consider yourself dead to sin. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh. Yeah. And take that thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We need to recognize where it comes from. Yes. We need to recognize the power behind it. Yes. 
And we also need to recognize that it has a destiny. And yeah. temptation always, if it leads and, and it gives birth, there's a, um, there's a course there and it leads to death. And man, we this is so important for all of us. Um, we just need to make sure that we are living as people who are really victorious. And before we go, I, I got four practical ways to help you overcome temptation. And so if you want to write them down, write down the bullet points of each one, and then yes. I'll just add a little bit to it. Okay, yes. should I share that right now? Please. Okay, so four great practical ways to overcome temptation. Number one, study and know yourself. Yes. In other words, get to know yourself. Study yourself, know yourself, know where you're vulnerable, devise strategies to protect yourself. Um, others may be able to handle situations where you may fall. So if you can't go there, then don't go there with them. Yes. If they're going to a party and you have a problem with drinking or you have a problem, you used to drink before you got saved, but it's still kind of a temptation or, or drugs and that, but you're, but, and that's going to put you in that area. Don't go there. Fight the temptation to even go and say, you know what? Y'all have fun. Um, I'm going to stay home. I was talking to a, to a friend of mine at church yesterday that he treats things like that. He gets around the people at work and they want to go party. He goes, you know what? I'm going to go home. That's how you handle those kinds of, so get to know yourself. Um, don't go with people if it's a source of temptation and develop a deep distrust in yourself. We can't trust ourselves. We need to desperately cling to the Lord. Amen. So number one, study, know yourself and know where your weaknesses yes. are. Number two, avoid tempting situations. I think Jana touched on it earlier. If you're vulnerable to lust, then don't rent videos that are rated R or even rated PG-13 because now PG-13 yes. movies have things that are a lot of sexual innuendo and a lot of sexual stuff in them. So don't do it. Don't go into bookstores where there's pornography and, you, and people can laugh about that, but it happens to guys all the time who are people that go to church. You can't put yourself in a position if you have a vulnerability to it. Um, and don't have unaccountable access. If you have a lust problem, then don't give yourself unaccountable access to the internet. Uh, you're just pouring gasoline on the fire. You need to, again, number two is avoid tempting situations. Number three, have a predetermined commitment to follow Christ and to flee temptation. What do you mean? You have to decide before you even get into a tempting situation because when temptation hits, your emotions are going to be there and then deception's going to, that, that deception factor is going to kick in. So you have to basically have a plan. Remember, God's given you a way of yes. escape. He's never going to give you more than you can handle. He doesn't test, he doesn't tempt you. It's your sinful desires. There's a way of escape there. You have to have a predetermined commitment to follow Christ and to flee that temptation. And number four you need to keep before you. And I remember I said this yesterday. I felt people in the, I heard people in the church go, ooh. You, number four, keep before you the gruesome end of temptation, which is death. Yes. The world glamorizes sin. Turn the television on, movies, magazines. Yeah. They portray all these beautiful people enjoying illicit sex, you know, um, living in selfish luxury as the ultimate in pleasure, trying to show us, trying to put in our mind that this is the way life is supposed right. to be. But really, we need to consider them rotting corpses because it's nothing but death. And all that stuff that we see that people try to lure us with and the movies try to lure us and TV and commercials, it is just rotting corpses would be a much more accurate picture. So number four, keep before you the gruesome end of temptation, 
which is death. This is serious. It's, it's something that we need to be serious about as believers because, listen, the way we live affects other people. The way I live affects unsaved people. The way I live affects my wife. So I need to make sure that I'm a man of God, she's a woman of God, that we have the ability, not only the knowledge, but we act on the knowledge that you've now been given so that we can have the victory over temptation. We can overcome it. Yeah, and remember as we close, we need to make sure that we're honest with ourselves, that yes. sinful desires are there. Yeah. Um, they're in us, That's and right. we need to not try to just act like they're not. We need to be, it, it's never going to work. You're never going to find victory if you don't admit the fact that those desires are really there. Um, and the Word of God says they're there, so they're there. And uh, they're there in every believer. But we have a way of being victorious over this. Amen. Okay. So thank you for being with us today. God bless. Remember, you can overcome any That's temptation right. in your life. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast. We pray that you were inspired and encouraged. And until next time, remember to live all out for Jesus Christ. God bless you, and we'll see you next time.